0: This is David Nallan with the OSU Extension Service. Uh, have another morning program for you today. I have Becky Carroll, who is a horticulturist at Oklahoma State University, who works with pecans and other things. Uh, good morning, Becky. Hi. How are you? Good. What all do you work with?
1: Well, I'm kind of the fruity and nutty person, I guess, <laughs> around here. Okay. I uh, I work with uh, fruit crops and pecans. Okay. And I am the uh, associate Extension Specialist, so I get to work with people all over the state.
0: So when people call about their pecan trees, you're the one we point them to, right?
1: That's correct.
0: <laughs> well, we've had some real challenges trying to grow pecans in in Southwest Oklahoma. It Seems like we have every insect there is. So uh, uh, we have a quite a few abandoned pecan orchards around. So it's been a, it's been a challenging get, getting a good year. So.
1: It has been uh, been kind of troublesome, especially with our weather conditions. We've had. Two years where we've had a early fall freeze Mm -hmm. in October, which by that time the trees aren't ready for for a freeze event. And so they're going into that fully loaded with leaves and and not acclimated for freezing conditions. And then we've had two years of of, um, late spring freeze events as well. So a lot of trees have already started pushing new foliage, and then we get a, a freeze and burn it back again. So we've had some, some challenges with our weather for right. sure.
0: Yeah, down here we had that October uh, uh, ice storm and yes. <laughs> tore the trees up pretty good.
1: Yes, that, that we did at the research station just uh, south of St. at Perkins also, and it's been a major um, event just to try to get that cleaned up and 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 where we could even drive down through the the rows. We had so much uh, wood that was broken and hanging from the trees. So, so our, it's cleaned up now, but it's still got a little bit of work to do.
0: So the, that's got to affect the production a little bit for the upcoming yeah. year.
1: Yeah, it's going to affect production for sure. Uh, when we lose those major limbs, um, those trees, you know, we've probably lost maybe 50% of on average, of the canopies there at the research station and, mm-hmm. and in other areas, kind of a it was kind of a strange little ice storm. Not little; it was pretty pretty substantial. <laughs> but it went from kind of north central part of the state down through um, the central down to your area, mm-hmm. and then even down a little bit to the the Texas border. But it was kind of a thin strip, and there was a definite line between where that. That rain was freezing on the trees, and then it was melting too. So, right. um, and the problem was we had so much foliage, and a lot of people hadn't harvested yet. So there was just extra weight on the trees.
0: Right. Yeah. And, it sure, it sure uh, tore things up. It sure yeah. made my street look really bad. And it oh, yeah. wasn't until February until we got a lot of the branches and oh, debris yeah. hauled off. So.
1: And you know, with pecan the trees, they're so large. You yeah. have to have specialized equipment most of the time to be able to get up in those trees and remove those broken branches but it'll set the trees back and um, we're asking people if they do fertilize or irrigate to maybe back off maybe about half the rate they normally would on those trees that have lost a lot of canopy so they're not growing just so much new vegetation Mm. but grow a little bit slower
0: right Okay, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, Now, you work with a program to educate pecan producers. Uh, We have a webinar, a monthly webinar. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that program?
1: Sure. Um, Last May, a year ago this week, uh, we offered our first webinar online. It was kind of a new thing for me, doing all these Zooms and and things, but I really wanted to be able to still have some contact with the pecan growers in, in the state. And so we started started offering a monthly Zoom or a webinar, and it's just one hour. It's usually a Friday at 1 o'clock, and have just timely topics for pecan growers. Mm-hmm. There's things that will help homeowners or hobbyists or commercial growers, so anybody that's interested in pecans can contact me. I'll send them a link to register if there's no charge, and they can join us for, for that um, that hour, we try to keep it close to an hour anyway, and we'll have uh, guest speakers. This upcoming um, webinar in June will be on June 4th. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: We're having one um, just a, the day or so before this airs um, on um, May 7th. It will be talking about things like on Case Bearer. We'll be talking about training young trees and then also about some of the freeze damage and, and grafting as well. We're going to do some talking about four flap grafting. And all of our, our Zooms are recorded and they can be found either on the Oklahoma Pecan Management webpage as a, a recording or on the Oklahoma Pecan Management Facebook page. And so uh, we try to keep anything that's happening in the industry um, on those sites so people can stay in tune with what's going on
0: right i'm going to have to make sure uh, my people get know where those are i'll have to put that in my newsletter soon yeah uh, so people can know to if, get a hold of those if they
1: google for oklahoma pecan management that page will pop up and and they can look at uh, video resources we have all of our fact sheets and and a lot of other videos as well so it's it's got a lot of information and kind of a good starting point for people that are wanting information about pecans.
0: Okay. Well, what is the first insect problem we usually have in the season? Is that the pecan case bearer?
1: Yes. Normally, we're going to be looking uh, looking for pecan case bearer. But before that, you may see something called phylloxera, okay. and it'll be causing those little galls on the on the leaves. Um, the treatment for that is, is right after bud break. So if you see those galls it's really too late to treat. <laughs>
0: yeah, we, and then
1: we move into that pecan nut case bearer time frame where growers need to be monitoring for, for that insect.
0: I think all the ag agents across the state get the phylloxera calls every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get yeah. those leaves come in and and it's always the same story. Well, you're just a little late, so
1: yeah, and and that's the same you know with with peaches, we see peach leaf curl right. once you see all those wrinkly leaves on the on the tree, there's not anything to do about it except know that you'll need to spray before bud break the following year.
0: right, and we had the late freeze this year, and we had a lot of peach trees blooming, so I'm wondering you know what kind of uh, effect we had on our peach crop this year.
1: Well, unfortunately, most of the trees that I've seen had no blooms on them in oh, yeah. in my area. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were in a protected site, maybe in a little microclimate in in someone's backyard or something, um, they may may go ahead and, and produce fruit. But it wasn't really so much the spring freeze that got most of our blooms. It was that uh, negative. Temperatures in February that wow. caused a lot of our peaches not to bloom
0: properly. Polar blast, yes. Yeah, yeah. and I've heard that as well, that they said that mm-hmm. there weren't very many blooms on their trees this year. So that's yeah. probably what they were talking about. Yep,
1: yeah. and, and with peaches, they seem to be a little um, a little less hardy than things like apples and pears mm-hmm. for that, that time when they're dormant. And what was pretty neat that I noticed this year that some apricots were blooming when the peaches weren't. Mm-hmm. so apricots must be more winter hardy mm-hmm. they're not as as hardy usually when in the spring when we have freezes because they bloom much earlier than than peaches normally but um but if people made it through that that april freeze as well i mean they may they may end up with with a crop this season but it's it's very dependent on your location. If you're in a site with a little bit more elevation or protection um, from that cold air where it settles, like in a frost pocket, um, then you know those sites may have a little bit more production. Right. But but it's and that's true with the cons as well. We had uh, not so much the winter damage from that February cold blast, but the late April freeze that we had mm-hmm. uh, burned several of our our, uh, new foliage and, and flowers on some of our pecan trees around the state. And those that were in the very low spots where you normally find pecans growing along the creek and river bottoms, those trees were in those low areas had more damage than the ones that were up on a higher elevation.
0: Right. Yes, what we usually see. It's going to be coldest down in the bottoms where that's the heavy right. air sinks down.
1: Yeah, and that's, I stress so much, you know, site selection. If you're planting, you know, a new orchard or a vineyard or any type of fruit crops, plant them up where the highest location that you can that has a little bit of air drainage away from it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's an interesting thought. Yeah, we've, we've lost a lot of pecan orchards as well over the years, and mainly I think it was because they just got frustrated with all the insect problems. Uh, it just seems like you couldn't get a pecan without a hole in it. <laughs> so. Well,
1: it, and that, the holes in the pecans, those are going to be from our we, pecan weevil. Right. And so that's a different type of, of critter than, you know, we talked about phylloxera and pecan case bearer, but for the pecan weevil, they overwinter in the soil underneath those pecan trees for two to three seasons, and they're protected under in that soil in this little earthen cocoon, and then once we get some really good rains or irrigation in that July, August, September, October time frame, then they start coming out of the ground, wow. and then they go to the first dark, upright object, which is usually the pecan trunk, mm-hmm. and most of them climb the, the trunk, and a few try to fly, but um, we. We usually recommend that growers or even homeowners can use a what we call a circle trap, mm-hmm. and it's um, it encircles the trunk about oh we usually put it about uh, chest to head high on our, on our tree trunks, and it's got kind of like a boll weevil trap top on the on the top of it, right. but we um, we have a screen around the trunk where the weevils are funneled up into that trap, and then you can know when they're active and when you might need to spray
0: right now they used to have a pheromone but i haven't heard that that was working as well lately
1: not we don't usually use pheromones for for the weevil earth. yeah so um in, in the case for a homeowner if they use those those type of circle traps they can reduce the populations over a few years just by collecting um, enough of the the ones that are overwintering mm-hmm. but if they don't do anything to break that cycle, they'll just continue to build the population under those trees. Right,
0: and they can and travel so, a ways too. So, yeah,
1: yeah, if you don't have pecans one season, then they can fly to your neighbors because they're a pretty pretty good sized insect, yeah. and so they can fly to to find a, a crop of pecans to start feeding on. They lay several eggs inside those those nuts when they're at the dough stage, when the that kernel is forming, and so the, then the larvae feed on the inside of the nut, Then when they're full and completely grown, they chew a perfectly circular hole, squeeze out and drop to the ground, and start the whole process over.
0: Right. So, so it's and always so a challenge. They're a challenge. And, and so there's, yeah. no, there's no good time to spray. You know, it's not something like we're going to use a pesticide and, and get those under control very easily.
1: Well, the thing is using the traps to know when they're active, and that's the time we want to spray before they are actually laying the eggs.
0: Okay. When you start finding them in the traps, then then that's a good time to, to yep. spray. And that way mm-hmm. you're not spraying every five or six days for a couple of months. Right.
1: <laughs> and you can you can look at the traps, and it'll give you – there's kind of a threshold of how many you're c- catching, depending on, on how soon you need to spray again. Mm-hmm. And so there's fact sheets. You, they can find those. Uh, from you or on that pecan webpage, mm-hmm. and uh, it tells how to build those traps and how to monitor for the weevil as well.
0: Okay, well I appreciate taking, appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today. Uh, yeah. Our time's about up already, but uh, it's very interesting learning about pecans.
1: All right. Well, um, we—I just wanted to mention we do have an Oklahoma Congrewers Associational meeting, June tenth through the twelfth in Broken Arrow, and okay. so it's going to be in person this year. If anyone's interested, they're welcome to get in touch with me about that as well.
0: All right, or call their extension office. We'll—we'll we'll find you. We'll track you down for All them. All right. <laughs> That's Sounds right. Great. Okay. Well, this is David Nowen with the OSU Extension Service. We've had Becky Carroll, who's a horticulturist in Extension for Oklahoma State University. And we've had a good visit on pecans and hope you're having a good day.